The pandemic did a number on this country in 2020. America was forced into quarantine for extended periods of time, and a lot of businesses had to close. With things being shut down and with so many people unable to work, a lot of people were unable to pay their bills. However, there were increases in unemployment benefits. Um, we had stimulus packages, and that gave relief to some. But there were others who used those benefits to their advantage, and it was uh, something they used as a source of regular income. Where do you fall on this? I mean, did the government give out too much money or is it really the citizens money in the first place? Have we created an environment that makes entry level jobs undesirable because unemployment benefits outweigh minimum wage salaries? And what can we do or what can businesses do to fill these vacant jobs that we're seeing all over the country? All of that and more on this episode of the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Buckle up. K2Q Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Think about it. 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 about it. My name is Quincy. What's going on, people? I want to welcome all of you to another episode of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. This is episode number 948, being recorded recorded on Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. Please hit that subscribe button and that bell icon to show your support for me if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, to the audio podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever, then by all means, please subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you very much. And also, I have an announcement to make at the end of the show that you don't want to miss. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let me see who will be mixing it up on this week's guest panel. To the T2Q virtual phone lines I go. First, I'm going to go to the, let's see, what's, let's see, this state. Uh, you know, I know all the nicknames for all the states, but for some reason, this one skips my mind. So he'll have to tell me. From the state of Arizona, please welcome the host of the um, Hard Parking Podcast, Mr. Jay Finney. Jay, what's going on, man? 
What's up, Q, man? Thanks for having me on the show. You know, I don't know what State 48 is all they say around here. I don't know any other nickname. It's not the Sun Devil State? Is that what it is? It could be. Uh, I mean, I've lived there for seven years. I haven't quite ingrained myself in the the culture yet. I got you. You're you're a northern guy, so um, I understand. Yeah, for sure. Glad to have you on, man. Thank you for having me. All right. And let me go to the Pelican State of Louisiana to welcome on this young lady, Miss Erica Warren, host of the Dope Discussions with Erica podcast. Erica, what's going on? Nothing much. Good evening, guys. How y'all doing? And outstanding. Glad to have you on. And we have a show legend in the mix. From the 248 area code, the outskirts of the Motor City of Detroit, please welcome on the author, the show host, the show legend, Miss Crystal Hickerson. What it do, Chris? Hey, Q. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to see you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Hello, Erica. I love the hair. Thank you. Hey, Crystal. How you been? Yeah, we're going to talk about we, um, Anyway, we'll talk about that later. I love <laughs> Thank you. Um, hello, Jay. Vinny? Yes, how you doing? Um, uh, Arizona is the copper state. And, of course, you know, That's Grand right. Canyon. Hello. There you That's go. Right. I, I oh, knew God. that I knew really? what it was, the Grand okay. Canyon. Yes. I knew that I knew that. You see, that's why I get smart people to come on the show. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, and by the way, I used to wear my hair like Erica's, so I mean, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was a different color. All right, so. Uh, why you don't have pictures? Because I want to see that. I know, right? <laughs> no, you don't. All right. There may be some others calling in, but we'll go ahead and kick things off for now. The national minimum wage in this country is $7.25 an hour. It's been that way since, what, 2009, I think? And inflation goes up every year, but minimum wage does not. Now, each state varies in what they pay in minimum minimum wage, but in a lot of cases, unemployment benefits exceeded the salaries of minimum wage employees. For example, in Montana, minimum wage is $8.65 an hour which is $346 per week before taxes. Unemployment benefits are $600 per week. So Erica, I'll start with you. If someone is a minimum wage worker and they have the opportunity to stay unemployed and bring home a bigger paycheck, do you blame that person for taking advantage of the system? Nope. (laughs) It's math, it's arithmetic. I don't blame them at all, especially with these jobs. Um, It's probably a job they hate anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably a job that they were just doing to get to another level in life. Probably wasn't something they were uh, planning to stay there, you know, forever. And let's face it, these jobs take advantage of the workers anyway. And why hasn't the minimum wage gone up with inflation? I don't believe that's fair. I've always complained about that, so I don't blame them. Okay. And Jay, how do you feel about it, man? I get it. Kind of like Erica was saying, I get it. Um, There has to be a better way. I think that, you know, when you're paying $600 as a stipend on top of whatever your state's unemployment is, unless the state is $600 and the state needs to figure that out. But You know, I mean, the cost of living, there's a sliding scale, right? I mean, I would imagine it costs less to live in parts of Montana because who knows, Missoula can be very expensive than it does in downtown Los Angeles. So there's a sliding scale, right? 
And unless you bring it down from the federal level to say every job category has to get paid this amount of money and it has to slide with inflation, then you're always going to have kind of this discrepancy. And given the opportunity last year, like nobody really wanted to be out of work. But like she was saying, I mean, there's some people who didn't really like their jobs. And it's easy for us to say, well, you don't like your job, quit. But, you know, it's it's easier for someone who has a little cushion or doesn't have personal overhead family kids to say, if you don't like your job, quit. Some people are stuck in their jobs because they can't afford to quit. So, you know, I don't blame people for not going back to work. But at the same time, I mean, I'm on record for saying you should get your ass back to work. Okay. And Crystal, what about your two cents on this? Well, you know, I agree with with both. Um, You know, definitely, if you are working for minimum wage, you're not doing it because, oh, I love this job. You're doing it because you need the the money. Even if you are, you know, making a pretty good wage, a lot of the times, you know, you're doing it because you have to do it, you know. And so offering me more money, you know, I'm making $300 working as a fry cook or whatever, and then you're going to offer me $600 to sit at home, I'm going to sit at home. I mean, and that's just what I'm going to do. And most people would do that. Now, you may have a few people saying, well, I just I don't want to live off of that. I can I wear the work. I'm like, what are you working for? I mean, really, what are you doing? Because you could be at home and you could be doing something else, like maybe thinking about going back to school or rethinking your life. And, you know, how did you get here that you are still doing this? So you take an opportunity. And I think that's what happened to a lot of people. In this last year, whether they were making three hundred dollars um, a year, or I mean a, a week, or whatever, or whether or not they were making, you know, twelve hundred or whatever a week coming home, so you rethink, you know, like what am I doing? You know, what am I doing here? Why am I? Why am I getting up and and going to this job? You know, when I could be doing something else. And I think that's one of the reasons why people don't want to go back to work. It's not that they don't want to go back to work. They don't want to go back to what they did before and the life that they had before. And I really like that term, personal overhead. (laughs) I'm going to have to use that. But, yeah. All right. And I also wanted to add, Q, that I think a lot of people were taking advantage of that time at home to create their own sources of income, like creating businesses from home and stuff like that to supplement their income. They were putting that extra money to use. Um, I I know a lot of people are doing that with their stimulus money, you know, creating their own source of income from home so that they didn't have to go back to those jobs that they hate. Okay, good points there too. And so those of you who are watching live in the chat room, please be sure to give your two cents on all of this. Um, by the way, Montana started paying people $600 to $1,200 to go back to work and stay employed for at least 30 days. So they gave people incentives. They started paying people to go back to a paying job. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, businesses are having some difficulties all over the country with people not returning to work now that outside is back open. But most of them have traditionally put profit over people, you know, for years. And on top of that, working conditions aren't always created with the employee's well-being in mind. According to Yahoo, by the end of May of 2020, over 40 million people had lost their jobs 
while during that same time period, billionaires' net worth increased by almost $450 billion. So, Jay, let me go back to you on this. Jay, do you feel sorry for businesses, for the situations they find themselves in um, today with being shorthanded? That's tough. It should seem like a really easy answer, but it, it it's kind of tough. Um, do, in a black and white, bullying, true-false situation, I don't feel sorry. But there are certain businesses, because when we're talking about businesses, we have to include all the businesses, right? So there's the businesses who are high seven, eight, nine, ten-figure businesses, and then there's the small business who already struggle to keep their doors open, yeah. And now they're in a situation. I mean, how many small businesses closed in 2020 or even businesses that we didn't even think were small that were small and closed? And it's not just because I mean, obviously, because people couldn't come back to work. It's just because people weren't allowed to go back to work, yeah. you know, so so it's kind of a. I mean, do I ever feel sorry for him? No, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of restructure and there's a lot of greedy people at the top, but I don't think every business really fits that. I think it's the, the certain percentage of them that kind of takes the lion's share. Okay. And Crystal, do you feel sorry for these businesses? For the small businesses, yes. For those who um, were able to, you know, make a way, get the brick and mortar, the restaurants and and um, different kinds of theater, um, our entertainers, you know, we have quite a few in the Detroit area, you know, they couldn't do anything. Um, so yeah, I feel sorry for them um, and, you know, a lot of them had to close their doors and they couldn't, you know, uh, make the way. And that's why it was really upset me when people were scamming, you know, the, those loans and, and the other businesses weren't getting them because they were filling out the paperwork correctly and they still weren't getting the loans because they didn't qualify, which I think is interesting and hilarious. But um, this country is not set up for small businesses. It's set up for billionaires. And it's a capitalist society. And um, that's why, you know, billionaires don't pay taxes. And if they did pay taxes, then a lot of this stuff would not even be a question. But they don't because they run this country. And they're going to space. Hmm? They're going to space. Yes. And I wish I was going with them, <laughs> quite frankly. But um, maybe next slide. You know, they'll have to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, it's just not set up. So I do. Yes, I do feel sorry for the businesses who did have to close permanently. Some were able to open back up, but a lot just had to close their doors. They just couldn't do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Queen Cole chimed in from Texas and she said that she does feel for the small businesses. And Erica, I know how you feel about them based on your previous answer, but um, do you fear that people not returning to work will accelerate automation in the workplace? We see companies already who are building more robots to replace people. So will there even be jobs to come back to if people don't return to work? Hmm. I kind of feel like that was that was going on anyway. That was the trend anyway, because we were seeing a lot of people um, getting pushed out of their jobs and going to um, self checks um, online, you know, 
grocery shopping, just drive up and pick up your, your groceries. Um, Amazon took over everything that you think you wanted to go to the store and get, you can just go online and have it directly delivered to your door. So yeah, I believe that was the trend anyway, because that's what made Amazon's, I mean, that's what made Walmart start to do more of this stuff because Amazon was pushing them out of the way. So yeah, this might, like accelerated, but I don't think it was, um, I think it was going that way anyway. And um, I do agree with Crystal. I do feel for the small businesses, but these large businesses, they're the ones who getting all the funding. They're the ones who getting all the bailouts. So I don't feel bad for them. All right. Jay, what's your take on automation, man? I mean, we already have to check ourselves out at the grocery store. Uh, which I don't understand and I despise. I hate checking myself out. I mean, if I'm going to do that, then I feel like I should get an employee discount. That's just how I feel like <laughs> it, should, it should happen. Or, you know, I went to Kroger recently and got an employee of the month. So um, I, I bag very well. But uh, <laughs> Jay, what do you think about um, automation possibly taking over since people don't want to come back to work? Well, as far as um, checking yourself out, if that person working line six would just hurry up and stop having a full conversation with everybody and scan a little faster than I wouldn't have to go over to the express line. But um, with all that being said, I think it's, it's not something that's going to affect every industry, but the industries that it affects the most or that we, that we see on a day-to-day -day basis are the ones that we worry the most about, for example, checking out at the store, right? There's more and more automated lines, self-check lines. So then, you know, how do you repurpose those employees? Well, like our local grocery store, they put people to work. It's got to the point now where what drives automation is convenience, borderline laziness. Like my wife, we go, we hardly ever go to the grocery store anymore. My wife just gets on and orders the stuff on the, on the app and sends one of us there and we sit in the parking spot and dial in the number and wait for them to deliver the groceries. <laughs> but when I do go to Fry's, which is a local store, you're basically tripping over people pulling groceries for people like us who order them online. So yeah. I think repurposing the employees that way um, helps a little bit, doesn't help a lot, but it's almost like we're pushing them off to say, okay, well, you've, you've got your wings, little bird, going to go fly off and get an actual career, except for it's hard to get a better paying job because a lot of the jobs aren't there. And if the jobs aren't there, they feel like you're not qualified. Then what are you to do? So it's kind of, it's kind of a, um, I mean, like Erica was saying, it's kind of where the world is work is going. Yeah. And then the jobs that are created, you know, because of it, people are going to have to want to do those jobs. And sometimes people aren't going to want to do those jobs or aren't skilled or qualified or don't get paid as much. So I'm, I'm not quite sure where we're going to go with that. Okay. All right. And Quinn Cole said uh, she wants to know, ask Walmart, where's her W-2? <laughs> and she says, Jay, you're right too much convo from the cashier i don't want to talk i'm in a hurry <laughs> so, uh, all right and crystal do you care about automation being a concern in the future it doesn't bother you at all no i love it i hate grocery shopping i absolutely <laughs> i hate it i was in costco this weekend in pure hell um <laughs> only because my daughter dragged me there um otherwise i wouldn't i wouldn't go there Absolutely not. It's, it's a madhouse. Anyway, I love Amazon. I love ordering online. I love things being brought to my door. It's like I love Christmas every day. Self 
It is like business every day. And I love um, going through the self checkout. I mean, come on. Because, yeah, they do talk too much. And I understand. I mean, everybody wants human contact and all that. Um, but not me, not most people. I mean, most people just want to get, I just want to get my groceries. I just want to get to the line and I just want to go home. Yep. That's all I want to do. And other than that, I want to cook my groceries. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's a madhouse. I love automation. It is where it's headed. So as far as repurposing those people, well, you're going to have to learn um, how to turn on your computer. And you're gonna have to learn how to code, maybe. You know, there are classes for that. And you, you know, you, in other words, you're gonna have to change with what uh, the world is changing. Um, it's not gonna say stay the same, and that's one of our problems. We want everything to just be the way it's always been, but th that's not what's happening. You either you get on board with it, or you get left behind. Yeah. That. Okay. All right. Can I add something to that? Yeah, go ahead. A couple of things. Um, number one is yes, when the people talk, there's a couple of things. So when you have when you go to Walmart, right, and there's eight self checkouts, and they have that one person that's flying around going to each thing when they need some help, mm -hmm. yeah. they can hit those five or six stations within like five minutes, or you can be stuck on line fourteen, yes. number three in line, just like going through a bad um, drive-through <laughs> restaurant where they build that curb where once you're in the line, you can't do anything, but ride it yeah. out. Oh, that's so you're in the middle of that line and the, the cashier screws up and they're like, I need help over here. And now you're just stuck there. So there's that. And, and then of course, Costco needs two levels of checkouts. Oh, God, I hate Costco. Oh. <laughs> All right. And, um, I have a caller backstage. Just let me know when you're ready and I'll bring you on. And so, why the change in attitudes towards working? Um, are people just scammers and just want to work something for nothing? Are people just lazy or have more people decided to go the entrepreneur route? Like um, I think Erica mentioned earlier and just not return to corporate America. Why has America stopped working? And let, you know, let me go back to the T2Q virtual phone lines and bring this gentleman on and get his opinion on things. From the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, making his way to the ring, the man in black, the Buckster. What's going on, Buck? What's going on, Buck? What's happening, man? How's everybody doing this evening? What's up? Doing well, bro. How's everybody doing? doing? Well. Good evening. All right, Buck. So what's, what's your opinion, man? Is, is America just lazy now, or do they have good reason to stop working? Uh, why do you think we're just no longer going back into the jobs like we used to? I think I think we are uh, to a point lazy because we've dumbed down America to the point to where we don't want to work. Um, it's a party type mentality. Um, people don't want to do anything. They just want to sit back, relax. And, you know, they either want to party or play video games or do anything other than work, um, mainly because you got kids raising kids. And, you know, when you don't have a good structure, um, you're not going to get, you know, something positive out of it. So I think that's the reason why we are where we are now. I mean, we're not trying to raise people that can be leaders 
or you know go out there and be able to take over where we where we drop off you know where we drop we give them the baton they don't know what to do with it they throw the damn thing down and, and run without it so you know that's where that's where we're at i mean and we have to, we we have to kind of reel ourselves back in a little bit because we got to be able to you know have something we got it's up to us to teach our kids to give them the right direction so we can have the right people the right leaders and the, the right kind of workforce that we could look up to but right now we just don't have it because we're just not we're not putting what we need to put into it okay erica i'll ask you the same 89 dollar and 16 cent question why has america stopped working because america is tired thank you we are tired of not getting paid what we deserve. We're not, we're tired of not being valued. We're tired of not being able to excel and grow in our lives. For me personally, that was what made me when I started um, building my own businesses and understanding entrepreneurship, I was able to see being employee differently. And I was able to see how you know, my growth in life was being stifled by being on a job where I didn't really have much of a life. And then, you know, a grown person having to get stressed out about asking for time off to do something for your own children in your own personal life. I was sick of living like that. And I've seen a trend where a lot of these businesses are now pulling away more benefits from their employees and they're telling them it's going to be on you. Your medical coverage is going to be on you now. So a lot of these companies are just um, not taking care of their employees like they've done in our parents' generation. So I don't blame the modern workforce for getting fed up and wanting to do something of their own. Okay. And so you mentioned that people are tired and maybe that's changed their attitude kind of like there's an example where Foot Locker, despite being closed part of the year last year during the pandemic was not set to pay their ceo a bonus however according to a cbs report uh with a little calculator magic they added 303 million dollars in sales to their finance report based on what they would have made had they been open as a result, the CEO, Richard Johnson, got a $3.8 million bonus to go with his $12 million salary. Um, while most of their employees were furloughed during the pandemic with no pay, and not all of them were even offered their jobs back. So, Jay, do you agree? Is America just tired of being mistreated? I know I need a, a setup like he had. I know that. I think everybody here, which is they had a setup like that because I was off for five months last year. Um. I think last year's kind of put America on notice in a sense, and it was up to you to kind of figure out, you know, if this is the point in your life, what falls in your court, you're getting this stipend, you know, um, figure something out. I think it's everything that Erica said, but let's not forget people are lazy too. And some people just don't want to do. Obviously people on this panel, people watching this, People who consume all, everything that we do are not those people, but there are a lot of lazy people. There are people who would rather sit back and take a handout and are used to taking handouts. You know, um, you know, there's there's the scenario where if you make X amount of money, you don't qualify for these 
10 benefits. So, you know, if you're a parent and you have a child that starts working, now your child, you tell your child, look, you can't either, either you got to cut your hours back, you got to quit your job, you got to move in with someone else because you're messing up my money. And that's a very real thing in America. And, you know, that's, that person obviously doesn't want to get up off the couch and do something. Um, and I think that's a big, that's a big psychological disease in this country on top of everything that Erica said that people are just tired of being taken advantage of. You know, I think people who have worked hard their whole life, they only know to work hard. People who have been given their whole life and never excelled with what they've been given. It's the same deal. You know, they're just going to sit back and just wait for more money to come in. You know, we were talking earlier, you know, some people have to get two or three jobs to, to, to make ends meet. If you can sit at home and make that same money, more money or even a little bit less money, but not work three jobs, you're going to take that. So I think it's kind of a combination of everything. Okay. And Crystal, I'll let you have your two cents on it. Well, you know, I agree with Erica and, you know, um, and Jay, what they said, because people are tired. I mean, they're, and, you know, tired meaning, you know, you're mentally tired emotionally tired and and it's a real problem in America that um, the people with depression and things of that nature because they um, it's hard to get off that couch yeah you know it really is and and a lot of it and some of it you know people talk about being lazy yeah there are people who are literally lazy okay yeah. there are but um, but a lot of that is clinical depression from you know living in a capitalist society, um, from many different things that um, have happened in a person's life that maybe they wanted to do something more and they got kicked back down. Some people can get back up, you know. Some people can bounce back, you know, without a problem. Some people just keep swimming, you know, and eventually they'll drown, but they'll just keep going until they can't go anymore and some can't do that and some don't have the help to do that so there's so many reasons why a person sits on the couch there's a lot of reasons why a person may get up from that couch and decide to go and kill their whole workforce which has been happening this last year more people are picking up guns why maybe because they have too much time to think you know to really you know, delve into their, their psyche and, their, and what's going on around them. You know, once you stop and take a look around, you know, things get a little, little hairy sometimes. So I think that causes some of the uh, more shootings that we have right now. So there's so many reasons, but again, in America, in our, in our society, getting um, mental health, getting, um, going to therapy or having that on your record is a hindrance to you. Um, could be a hindrance for you to get another job or, or what have you, or to get a promotion. So instead of it being, oh, this person actually got help, like, oh, this person took a certification course. Oh, great. It's continuing their education and staying on top of the industry. Well, how about staying on top of my psychology so I can continue to stay on top of the in industry? But it's not looked at that way. So there, there is a lot of reasons why people don't want to go to work and don't want to do these things, the practical of just getting more by sitting at home, 
but also yeah. the the mental, the, the social. I mean, there's so much going on in a person's um, environment that we don't know anything about. All we know is that oh, this person is not working, or oh, this person is, you know, just not succeeding in life. Well, why? Well, I don't care. You're just not. You're lazy. Screw you. Mm. Mm -hmm. so. mm. And let's not forget the fact that people are still afraid about this pandemic. Mm. That that fear has not gone away. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people who have been itching to get out and get back to normal, but there's a big majority of people who are still afraid, who still do not trust what the government has been telling them about this pandemic who still don't want to go out there and get back to normal and expose themselves to possibly getting infected. So those are probably the people who are not so happy to go back to work. Yeah, you're right there. And okay, so this question is for a couple more questions and this is for whoever wants to answer. Uh, what's the government's role in this? Did the timing of the stimulus checks and the unemployment benefits contribute to the problem? that we see today with hiring? I mean, because they were so late in responding with stimulus checks and support that by the time they did it, people were already in survival mode. So did the government's timing have anything to do with this for whoever wants to answer? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I believe they, the government had something, you know, the, the last, the last government, you know, Trump administration and what have you, they really didn't take it seriously. Um, and as a result of them not taking it seriously, a lot of unnecessary things happen. A lot of businesses closed. A lot of, you know, a lot of people ended up losing their jobs. You know, no, you know, everybody kind of went into survival mode because, you know, it just really kind of messed things up. So the, nothing happened until the new administration kind of got in here and started actually trying to get things rolling. Um, and, you know, when you have a president that just pretty much quits, you know, it, it was just really bizarre. I mean, just watching it all, just, you know, seeing how everything went. Now, the new administration has a tall task because A, he's got to try to, he's got to, try to revitalize everything. B, he's got to roll out, roll out all these vaccines that supposedly are going to, you know, slow the spread or what have you. And, you know, again, you got to try to reopen. And then you have different... Another thing that's kind of complicating things, you have a Delta virus, uh, Delta variant of this virus that's supposed yeah. to be even worse than what is already out there. I mean, you know, all the shot manufacturers saying that it covers it and whatnot, but we really don't know if it covers it or not. So we're just, all of this is kind of like, you don't know what to do. You know, yeah. you, you just have to grab the reins and roll with it. I mean, but all right. So you make a point about the new administration and I want to play devil's advocate on this because um, I'm good at it. But um, because outside is open again and just about everywhere you go is open. Do we really need this money that we're getting now? Do we need these benefits and, and stimuluses and all that stuff now? I mean, we definitely needed it, you know, last spring. But now everybody is pretty much back out and doing things. So to anybody who wants to answer, do we need the money? Again, is it about the timing that's kind of creating the attitude of I don't have to work because the government's taking care of me? Not all at once. 
Well, speaking as someone who's not getting this stimulus, um, <laughs> um, do we need it? I do. I'm not getting it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a combination. Yeah, there are people who are, um, we are able to go back to work. And I think when it was, I think it's kind of a twofold. It was announced that more stimulus was coming. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, so why am I going to go back to work and, and apply for all these positions? And I mean, we even have, I mean, it's a sad day in the world when Burger King is giving $300 bonuses to be a cashier. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, and, and starting people off, it, it you know, above the um, suggested minimum wage of $15. I mean, you're starting them off at 16. So it's like, um, but that's still not bringing people in to work, you know, not as many as it should be. So do we need it as a, as a country? I think that of course some populations may still need it. Um, but yeah, we are, we are technically open even though we may end up closing again. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next few months, but but I don't know. That's a hard one to answer because I think that, yeah, I mean, we can actually go back to work. There are people literally looking um, for employees. Um, so, I mean, the unemployment supposedly had stopped or whatever, but, but new stimulus is taking that over. So, yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, I think... Um I think in some areas, you still do need the stimulus in some areas, um, but in some areas you don't need it. Um, but it really depends. I mean, if anything, this pandemic, you know, you, you got have to be more flexible in what you do to make money because companies don't care. You know, they, they, they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to close. They're going to, you know, try to get them. They're going to get money even after they close and you don't. Um, so you have to look out for yourself. So the best thing to do, you know, me being a small business owner, my, I don't think I've ever worked as hard as I worked last year. I mean, I was, I was busy the entire year. I thought I was going to slow down and I actually picked up. Plus we had a storm come through here as well. So that kind of helped things also. But, um, you know, I was real busy last year, had my best year I ever had as a business owner. So that was real good. Um, this year started out the same way. Um, we were, you know, going like gangbusters, but that's not everybody. I mean, so, you know, I wasn't able to get the stimulus, but I was able to get, I was able to get some of the PPP money. So that was good. So that was a trade-off, but yeah. you know, you know, the, you know, there are people out there that needed their families that are out there that still need it. I mean, if you go, if you drive down the road and you see any of these churches or schools or anything that's on the weekends when you're out driving around, there, there's lines, you know, and they're getting extra food, you know, that people that really, really need food because they don't have it. Um, okay. So there, I mean, I, I can see where there's still a need for some of the stimulus, but we need to, we need to, I know they're trying to do infrastructure and things of that nature. The government is trying to get new infrastructure for drops and, and things of that nature. But we really need to start looking at the stuff that we use the most and start making it back here 
instead of in China and Mexico and all these other places in Canada. We need to bring those jobs back. That's what the last administration said they were going to do, but that wasn't done. So this administration needs to take a look at that if, and, and get some higher paying jobs that way. You know, everybody can't work at Walmart just like everybody can't build a damn bridge. So mm-hmm. there's got to be some common sense somewhere. Okay. Jay, you want to say something? <laughs> well, you know me, man. I don't I don't really like to get political. I, I try to avoid it like the plague. Um, but what I will say is um, that's kind of what got the last administration in trouble is cutting off the rest of the countries and trying to do everything here. Um, but then also not really caring about different groups of people and keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> going, going back to 2020, though, I don't think you could analyze the situation and honestly think anybody would have done anything different, especially the current administration who was pro shut everything down more so than anyone. And it was also very verbal about it. So we would have been, maybe we don't lose half a million people. Maybe we lose 480,000, but people would have been lost because nobody had seen it. And the need for, for the stipend last year. Yeah. Just like Q was saying, 40 million people were out of work. Hell, I was out of work for five months and I needed that. Now, hopefully, I mean, fortunately, my wife, you know, she had a job where she could keep working. But as far as, you know, do we still need it now? We do. But what we really need, unpopular opinion, is more strict measures to ensure that the people who really need it are getting it and the people who need to get off their butt and go back to work, get off their butt and go back to work. Now, the government can't force the employer to pay them more money. So then you have a standoff. Right. But there are absolutely people who will take advantage and not do it. And there's absolutely people who absolutely said absolutely a lot, didn't I, who need it. Um, The there was a paradigm shift last year. A lot of businesses, because they had to, sent people home. And they learn because traditionally corporate America, we're not talking about the service industry, which was hit harder than any, right? Because there's a lot of businesses and industries that flourished like crazy last year too. Yeah. I have friends that had great years and they don't want to say anything about it because they feel ashamed because they know everyone around them had terrible years, you know, but for the industries who sent people home where it was set up, where you could be productive Traditionally, they're afraid of people working from home because, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to be taking care of their kids, going to be doing that. They're not going to be working. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is people are more productive when you don't have micromanagers. Thanks. Most of us are more productive when we're working at home. Mm-hmm. You know, Q, you know, I have a job that I work from home and on a non, you know, pandemic era, I'm traveling every week. Yeah. And for my wife, she lost her office because she never went into the office. So she was already working from home. My son got sent working from home and he started buying up all these little cars for five, $6,000 and renting them out at Turo. He has like eight cars right now. Yeah, he, fact, he doesn't even drive a car. And now he's worried about having to go back to work because now they want them to come back into the office. Right. Cause he's going to have to quit his job because they don't want to give up his Turo, all those little cars. So I think businesses, corporations need to understand, you know, mm-hmm. are you just trying to be a micromanager? Do you just want to have all the control? Or do you really understand the benefit and the value that your employees are giving you, which goes back to what Erica was saying at the very beginning of this conversation? You know, you have to trust your employees to make your bottom line stand up. 
because if you don't, then you're going to lose your employees. So I think a lot of things need to change. Yes, we still need the stipend, the stimulus. Not everybody needs it. We all know people will say, oh, I got my check. I'm going to go buy this. I'm going to go buy that. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to put it in a situation to make money for myself. I'm just going to blow it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that just, yeah, we need it. Some people do. Some people okay. don't. All right. I appreciate that. And I got someone holding. I'm going to get to you for the final thoughts. So just hold tight for me. I just have one last question. Uh, You know, there isn't a shortage of jobs. There's a shortage of people willing to work them from what we've been told. But, uh, you know, we can't live in a society where everyone's latched on to the government's titty all their adult lives. And unemployment benefits are supposed to sustain people until they find gainful employment. Right. So this is for also whoever wants to answer. How do you feel as a customer, you know, who goes to a restaurant or a hotel or maybe you have to call customer service or something? How does it feel as a customer to have to endure long wait times because people are understaffed from folks who don't aren't working? It's it's wild, Um, you know, just going around town, (laughs) seeing some of the things that I've seen here in Pensacola. you know, you places that are normally not busy, um, th- you know, now they're busy because they don't have enough people working, them, you know, working. There's not enough cooks. Fridays, for example, this week closed down and only took take to go orders because they don't have enough cooks to work the re- all day. Um, one of the restaurants that does very well here, um, Calvert's. Um, they used to open up at lunchtime, but now they open up at dinner time because they don't have enough cooks to work the lunch in the lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have you have all kinds of restaurants throughout town. Either they're they're even McDonald's or Burger King or somewhere like that. If they don't have enough people, they can't work. So it's just really it's really odd. You know, you don't know what's going to be open or what's going to be closed on a day to day basis. Yeah, Simply because they don't have enough, they don't have enough workforce. Even dishwashers at certain restaurants are making as much as nineteen bucks an hour, just so they have somebody to wash the dishes. So, anybody else frustrated? Yeah, I it till you asked that asked that question, it just made me think about a um a situation I had last week. We have a brand new Burger King that opened up maybe less than a month ago, and I went over there to get me one of those impossible whoppers. And yeah. I'm, I'm never used to, you know, being in the Burger King line that long. So when I got to the window, she told me to drive around. Mm-hmm. I was like, am I at McDonald's? So I drove around the building, sat, sat for five minutes, went back to the window and still waited 10 more minutes because she was working the window and um, doing the orders. And they just opened, so they didn't even have enough people staffed for their opening. Wow. So your burger was really impossible. And it was (laughs) nasty, too. Well, of course. It's not real meat. Yes. I've had it before and it tasted good. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you a story. Um, Last year, so we had one of those um, mowing touch sense kitchen faucet thingies. 
Yeah. And the battery started going out or something. We thought it was a battery last year and we were within our first year, which by the way, don't buy those are terrible. <laughs> what happens is you call the company and you're on hold and then you have to leave your name and your message and schedule a time seven yeah. days later for them to call you back. And oh if God. you miss that time, guess what? You have to call them back again. Wow. So after three and a half weeks, I finally got a hold of someone and she put a rush order on our replacement part. And I mean, this thing was like, we were, we were washing dishes in the, in the bathroom downstairs instead of the kitchen Wow. and, and using the dishwasher, but she put a rush on it. And even the parts coming took forever. So it would, should have been here in a rush order, you know, within seven days still took 29th. They said, if you, if you don't receive it by the 29th day, give us a call. And it got here on the 29th day. So yeah, that's, that's one of those things, wow. man. It's like, <laughs> whoa. Uh, they must've walked it to your house. Right. All right. So, um, let me go back to the phone lines and then we'll get our, our, our final thoughts and then I'll go ahead and bust out this announcement. <laughs> From the 601 area code, my hometown in the Magnolia State of Mississippi, please welcome on the original show legend, the Minister of Sexual Affairs, Eminem. What's shaking, man? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Eminem, what it do? Oh, blowing with the wind, baby. <laughs> slow for the pole. All Keep right. It in so. slow mo, baby. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and get to our final thoughts. And Eminem, I know you missed most of the show. Well, you missed all of the show, basically. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you heard enough. So I'm just going to let you give your two cents as far as why you think America is not working right now. And if you can, try to keep it brief so we can wrap this up and I can get to the announcement. Damn, it's got to be brief. Oh, man, man. I mean, okay. best you can. Best you can. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to do my best. Okay. Now, first of all, I, I'm pretty sure there's been some great points made or whatever, but all this stuff about there's not enough workers, there's not enough workers, that's true, but it's not true at the same time. What happens is the game done being rearranged. So now, okay, I just take, you know, my section of the city. A lot of people over here um was only eating shit like you know dollar menus church's chicken stuff like that but as soon as this money started flowing now you had places you had people selling out like little neighborhood seafood joints and stuff like that i mean it's okay it's, it ain't on the scale of, of a uh, high-end seafood place but poor people really weren't eating that shit you know what i'm saying it's either you cook at the house birthdays or something like that now you got you know jokers in the hood eating out every day motherfuckers ain't cooking no more so it's making people have lines where they normally didn't have lines now it's still a shortage of workers but that's what a lot of people got frustrated about you know it's just like you wouldn't go in a place uh okay q i take for here for example like uh chilies or something you know there's nothing spectacular about chilies but at the same time, you expect to be busy like on a Friday or Saturday or something like that. But when that money started dropping, shit, you don't, you wouldn't know a Monday from a from a, a Saturday night. See what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that that kind of threw some folks too. But uh uh, and and then by definition, by definition, the way 
they were the government was able to get away with it it's a stimulus and they knew that's what it would do it would stimulate now when you give people with money money they don't spend money when you give people that normally don't have a certain amount of money they become new money they buying up all kind of shit so that's why the economy is moving so fast that we can't keep up with it now of course these are not high-end jobs but the economy is still moving you know right. i mean that wasn't a tv left in walmart that wasn't a I mean, it's shit getting bought. I mean, it, you know, kids who never knew what an Xbox and shit was because they have their family on crack, crackheads buying their kids PlayStation, the Xbox money is just flowing, <laughs> you know. Now, to people that's upper middle class or, or rich, I mean, that don't mean shit. But for poor people, man, it's like Christmas every damn time you turn around. You know, Joe yeah. dropping them, dropping, dropping them, dropping that cash out for real, you know. Um, okay. But uh, real quick, I'm going to wrap it up. You know, ain't no damn way I'm going to come over here and not talk about that true stimulus now. Now, uh, <laughs> who on here don't know me? Okay. Y'all, you can see my avatar. Jay, okay. Look at that avatar. And you see you see them digits up there on that sweater? If you can see that, you're like, man, I don't know what this dude talking about. It's 1313, bro. <laughs> reach out to your local government start with the locals first your local government then every district got their own little senator representative you write that joker and then you you push on to the mayor then you go to your you know your the people's in washington dc then you push that shit all the way up to the president tell them to pass 1313 it must pass you know this gonna be this gonna be reparations and tax refunds and Black Friday all rolled up in one. Three hundred and sixty-five days a, a, a year guaranteed, and that's the total legalization of that twat. Yes, sell that twat for what you got. You know what I'm saying? Let that economy roll. What do we get for ten dollars? All right. All right, Eminem, I appreciate you chiming in, man. Yes, and, sir. Yes, sir. Buck, you got your final thoughts, bro? Great show. Uh, great show. I got to follow, always follow Eminem and his his, his greatness personified. <laughs> um, but, it, it, you know, we know where we are in America right now. And I think it's up to us to look outside the box and figure out what we really want to do in life. Um, and be, whether it's being an entrepreneur or finding your niche that makes you successful, whatever it takes. I think that's where we need to start. We don't need to depend on the government all the time for everything. We need to depend on ourselves and then and finding the things that make us happy. You got to be happy with, in what you do, whatever your job may be. So at that point, the way I look at it is this. Go out there and do something that you know you can make money and make money doing doing well and um, and you're happy and it gives you time and freedom to do the things you want to do outside of work. And that's really what you got to do. Um, I don't depend on handouts. I mean, I just get out there and just go after it. Yeah, there, there, there are days that I'm tired, but there's also there's a lot of reward in that. Um, it gives you the freedom to do the things that you'd like to do. And that's that's what it's all about. That's really the American dream. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things that we're going to have to change. It's not going to this is our new normal. So in order to to be able to keep up, we have to do what is necessary to step outside the box to be successful. 
And that's just it. You got to have multiple streams of income. So that's the way I kind of look at things. But great show. And glad to have everybody on tonight. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Next, I will go to Jahay Puffin. Your final thoughts, sir? <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on this show. It was it was awesome. I mean, as you know, listening to the podcast, I can talk about more than just cars. And so I appreciate you bringing me on for this. I think with specifically to today's discussion, all of our experiences or anyone's experiences are, can be dramatically different based on where you live, too, you know, because we're in Mississippi and in, you know, in Florida and even California and my next door neighbor, you know, their experiences are so different than what we're facing here in Arizona. And, you know, you, we talk about this being the new norm, but there's a few things even here that I'm seeing go back to the way it was before, which kind of disappoint me based on the year we just had, you know, I think moving forward, maybe cooks in the kitchen should have to wear face masks just to avoid spitting and drooling on people's stuff, you know, um, <laughs> Maybe they should just keep keep the glass panes up sometimes when you're checking on the places as long as you can see the person. You know, I think the sad thing is eventually all that stuff's going to be taken down and, and, you know, getting rid of. And so it's just like, what was all the struggle? What were all the deaths? What were all that for if we're just going to ignore everything that happened last year? So. Okay. And plug your podcast. Hard Parking Podcast, a uh, non-automotive automotive podcast where we talk society and culture and a little bit of cars. All right. I appreciate that, man. And did you see the banner that I had up for you earlier when you were when you were speaking? I don't believe so. <laughs> All right. All right. Long story. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you joining the show, man. Your first time in um, on video. You, you contributed something last year on the show, but first time on video. And um, check out the Hard Parking Podcast. I enjoy the show. And okay, uh, Erica, I will go with you, your final thoughts, and of course you can plug the show. First of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me again. And to Eminem, vote no on 1313. Oh man. I vote no. <laughs> I vote no. Oh man. But for the final thoughts of the show, um, I think Shall the general I? consensus, <laughs> the general consensus is that, you know, people are just tired. And I think this is a wake up call to America. Be careful when giving us all this money and thinking we're going to give it right back to you. But some of these people got smart and they learn how to make their own source of income with this money. And now you're mad because they don't want to come back to your raggedy job. And now you're giving away all this money and they're like, I'm good, I'm good. And so I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that it helped people wake up and realize you just cannot, um, in this certain situation when the pandemic hit, you saw they didn't care much about us. So a lot of people woke up and realized I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to create my own destiny. I'm not going to depend on anything. So if the government is going to give me this money, I'm going to do something with it this time. And so I won't be caught in this situation again. All right. Good stuff. And plug the show. So my show is Dope Discussions with Erica. We go live every Sunday, 6.30 Central Standard Time on YouTube. You can follow us and we have great discussions about relationships, life, love, current events, and all things black culture. 
All right. That's what's up. I was on her show this past Sunday. We had a great time. Yes. Great time. Okay. Thank you very much. And Crystal, shut it down for your boy. Well, um, great show as always, Q. Um, great to see everybody and newcomers. Uh, I think with, like I said, with America, you know, I think it did wake people up. It, w- it woke people up to a lot of different things. I mean, th- you know, a lot of people go to work or went to work or whatever in order to escape their life, <laughs> quite frankly, to escape, you know, their wife at home, the kids, and and they even take a long way home to commute in order to kind of get ready for the next job, which is, you know, to be at home or whatever. But, and I think the pandemic um, allowed people to, again, sit with themselves and take a look around, um, sit and look at your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever person on my couch, you know, and go, what am I doing? (laughs) What have I been doing for the last 10 years or whatever? And, and yeah, hopefully, you know, it came out positive where you decided, okay, well, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to take this course or I'm going to open up my own business. I'm going to figure it out. I'm, I'm going to do it now. You know, I'm going to write that American novel. Um, so, and for myself, I was one of the, I guess, lucky ones who were able to work from home during this time. And then, um, I guess about a couple of months ago, you know, my corporate bosses were like, okay, come back to work, Crystal. You're, we're going to clean your office back out. We use it as a as a place to put all st- our stuff in and our masks and everything. But we're cleaning it out, so come back to work. And I'm like, yay, great. <laughs> I'll be there. Okay. And I do work more productively at home. You know, I do. I work you know, in my little bedroom office that I got going on here, my little setup, I love it. And I work, I get up at the usual time, eight o'clock, or I did, um, and then, cause I didn't have to commute. I commuted like three feet. <laughs> and then I had my coffee and I worked until sometimes until eight o'clock at night. Cause I just be sitting here and I just continue to work. Yeah. But um, but now that I have to go back to my office, I have to commute. So well, it's not that long actually. But so, but it's I more still than have three to feet. And I have to, you know, and I have to talk to people. I mean, they come into my office. <laughs> oh, so how was your weekend? I was like, I'm working. Okay, what? <laughs> what? I'm working. But anyway, um, I think it it did make a, a shift. For people to look at their lives, and and I think that's what we needed. And every now and again, you need to do that anyway. You need to yeah. take a, a take stock of your life and go, maybe I should be doing something else, or maybe I should change something, or maybe I should just be working harder at my job. Maybe that'll make it better if I just actually do my job, <laughs> you know. But um, but we still have the stimulus out there. We still have people who, right now, is for the families. Um, for those who have little kids and stuff. And so if you have five kids, you know, hey, cha-ching. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's going to last. And they said it's going to last for years. I'm like, 
where was this? You know, when I was raising kids, exactly, you know, we were just out here. <laughs> <laughs> we just did whatever we had to do. Thirteen, thirteen, whatever, man. We just did. <laughs> but anywho, um, again, great right show, on. great seeing everyone, and um, hope to see um, Jehe again. And <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna do that again. But um, but good to for me to be back because I was just very busy doing other things. So. Good thing, everyone. Well, I'm so glad to have you back, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to to see you again. Mm-hmm. And okay, so uh, let me make this announcement, and we'll shut things down. Uh, for those of you who have checked out my show for a while, you know how important the show legends are to the show. They're mm-hmm. loyal callers. They help promote the show on their own time. They help the show grow. And I mean, because I, I can't grow about people spreading the word. And that means a lot to me. The show legends are a huge reason this show has been around for 10 years. And there are like 15 show legends in total. I believe uh, since I started doing video, only about half of them have actually appeared on screen with me. But they're out there. OK, the others are out there. And I want to thank all of them for what they've done and to let them know that I appreciate, you know, what a show legend does. And so with, uh, I know Buck and Eminem were some of my first show legends. You know, I call Eminem the uh, original show legend. Mm -hmm. And so, and Crystal was the first lady of T2Q. So I want Buck and Eminem and Crystal to welcome this person to the family and new show legend from the 985 area code in the Pelican state of Louisiana. Please welcome on show legend, Erica Warren to the Top of Two radio show. Erica, what's going on? Erica, how's it going? How does it feel to be a show legend? Class of 2021. (laughs) Say what, say what? The first show legend induction since 2017. I think Dr. Willis was our last inducted show legend. Oh, yeah. How does it feel, Eric? Oh, man. Don't make me cry. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Well, first of all, I have to go to the original show legend, Patient Zero, Eminem. (laughs) Eminem, welcome, Erica, to the family and let her know what it's been like for you to be a show legend, man. Oh man, this is a uh, <clears throat> a very unique fraternity slash sorority. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know you have to earn this spot. So uh, you you know you're doing a a great job. And like I say, uh, you know I say Cuban been putting out a lot of material. This the, the pandemic really benefited him a lot. Yeah. Uh, experiment with different formats and stuff like that. Uh, you know. Uh, and, and 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 we see you all the time and then when we see people then you know when people start knowing your name without wondering who that person was then that's when you know you tinkering on getting close to that status but uh you know after so many hits or whatever then you become one so like i say you know uh there, there's only one original because this is like the first person to go to the moon once you first whatever so but you know welcome welcome number 16 thank <laughs> you Mm-hmm. All right, and the boot. Ne- our next door neighbor. <laughs> yep. And Crystal, you were the first female show legend and the only female for a while. 
Uh, let Erica know what has been your experience has been like as the woman on the show, the first one. Well, Erica, I was abused. Okay. <laughs> Baby, was. you kept them in line, though. You kept them I in line. I was abused by all of these guys. And, it, you know, it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it really was. But I didn't care. I didn't care. And, well, now, you know. Now you got a partner in crime. Well, good. Well, actually, um, you know, there was a lot of other females on, who came on to the show who kind of balanced out, you know, my my kind of flavor. They balanced that out. So the guys got off real easy. And they had someone they could talk to who was better than me <laughs> arguing at all the guys. You know, but I think they just liked pissing me off, which is fine. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. but um, no, welcome. I'm so glad that um, you know, I, I like continually seeing you here, yes, and coming on board and everything. And so, so great. Thank so I hope you. you enjoy this very dysfunctional family. <laughs> um, they think they're functional, but that's the dysfunction right there. <laughs> and you know, and if you, you know, just listen to Eminem. <laughs> Go to my YouTube page and listen to him. Kemp's <laughs> <laughs> oh, right oh my god! But um, ain't ready for it. Oh, you gotta get ready for it for real. Get but some no, knowledge. So get some real now. knowledge. Thank you so much. <laughs> and but real, really quick, you got some thoughts? And just welcome to the group. I mean, this is a very unique group, and we've all had different experiences. And that's the cool thing that makes this kind of really all kind of mesh together. We're all in different areas. You know, I'm down, you know, down in Pensacola. You, we got people in New Jersey. We got people all over. And the cool thing about it is at the end of the day, we may not agree on everything. But at the end of the day, you know, we agree to disagree. And we still friends and family at the end of, at the end of this deal. So yeah. it's just really it's really unique, really fun. Glad to see Krista on tonight. I hadn't seen you in a while. And, um, you know, I'm just really, really glad that you're able to join this group because being a show legend is, is pretty fun. I mean, I've, I've been up the show down here. Um, I wear my T-shirt when I go out and things of that nature. So that way we kind of get some airplay. I mean, because there are a lot of people from Florida. Um, I've actually been on TikTok here lately and uh, been getting a really good response. So, um Really, you know, I try to promote the show any way I can and, um, you know, just have a lot of fun with it. So enjoy, enjoy the, the uh, fun because it's going to get wild being a show. <laughs> thank here. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> it's definitely a pleasure having you a part of the family. And, and Jay, as a Fast and Furious franchise fan, I know you know about family. That's what <laughs> mom always talks about family. Never turn your back <laughs> on family. But but now, nah, Erica, I, I want to thank you for all the times you supported me in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you share on social media, you like, you comment, you help promote, uh, you know, on top of always being will willing to come on the show and, or, or join the chat room. So know that you're no longer a guest, your family, your show legend. Thank you. Am I coming to the wedding too? Did I get to come so, to the wedding? <laughs> it's just going to be a private ceremony, but yeah, I'm keep you with my thoughts and you can still send a gift. I sure will. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's going to do it, people. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, IG, and YouTube by searching Talk to Q. My thanks to Will Smith's alter ego, Jay Finning, my show legends, Crystal, Eminem, 
Buck, and Erica. Have a great night, and we'll see you same week next time. Excuse me, same time next week. Later. <laughs> All right.